you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. Hey, podcast listeners. If you happen to have a strong-willed kid who is kind of pushing every one of your buttons lately, I have a resource for you. I made you guys a free guide where you're going to get some tools and tips and strategies to quickly get on the road to creating a happier household. I know you're pulling your hair out. I wanted to make you something so you could start getting some quick wins and building some momentum. So if you want to grab your copy, just go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash free guide. And I hope you enjoy it. My name is Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast, where we believe when your thoughts grow, the conversations in your home flow. Well, hey, podcast listeners, welcome to today's episode. Today, I want to go over the eight foundational pillars of my Mastermind Parenting Method. This is really what I believe is how you create a family team that is based on connection and um, and really, really feeling like you're on the same team. I think there's so many families, you guys, who uh, they love each other, but they don't really like each other and they don't really feel like they have each other's backs. And there's just a lot of tension and a lot of arguing. And frankly, it doesn't feel like a team. And I think that's why so often like people grow up and they're like, yeah, like let me move far, far away because um, that was a stressful, I don't even want to look back. Like I love my family, but I don't want to look back. There was, there's, there's a lot of pain involved. And so I hear people all the time you know, like what a common joke. Like I tell my kids, I've got a therapy fund for them. And I'm like, you know, not to knock therapy. Therapy can be really helpful and build a lot of self-awareness. And why? Why do you just have to assume that your your kids are going to end up in a place where they're going to blame you for everything? What if you created a family team that could talk about anything? You recently, my husband was busting my chops because I was, we were talking about something that we, you know, I was talking about, I, I busted one of my kids doing something they shouldn't have done. And then, um, and then I like, every time I talked to him afterwards, I was like, you know, like making fun of it and talking about it. And we were just talking about it openly and we were laughing about it and we we're talking about it. He made a mistake and, um, whatever he's human, he's human. And, um, and so my husband said to me later, he said, you know, I don't think you should talk about 
things so flippantly like that. It's like, and I said, are you worried it sends the message that I'm condoning it? And he said, yeah. And I said, I'm not sending the message. I, my, the kids know exactly how I feel about, you know, about why we have rules and, and, and what we've kind of set out for them in terms of what our expectations are and, and being a good person and following the rules and the reason for following the rules. I said, and they're going to screw up. They're going to break the rules, especially when they're teenagers. Like that's going to happen and it doesn't define them. And we can talk about anything. There's no condoning it. They know I don't condone it, but I also want them to know that I don't judge them. Like I want us to be that soft place to land. I want them to know, like they know how we feel. And I want them also to know that there is nothing off limits they can tell us anything. They can come to us with anything. And I don't think it sends a message that we're, we're all good with them, you know, thumbing their nose at the rules. I think it's just that we know that they're going to make choices and decisions. And sometimes they're going to be ones that are, you know, are, are, are not going to be the ones that we would hope for. And we'll all recover. And we'll get past it. And sometimes when you infuse a little bit of humor, it just lightens it. Like, why does life have to be so flippin' serious? Yeah, you know, there are there's a time and a place. And once that co hard conversation's happened and it's over and we're moving on, like if I bring it up in a way where I infuse a little humor, I think I just, I, it's my way of saying, Let's talk about it so it doesn't have to be filled with this like, you know, shame spiral. Let's just talk about it. Let's just put it out there. Let's just be people that make mistakes, learn from mistakes, recover, don't judge each other and move on, right? Like what's wrong with that? So the point of all these pillars is to build up to a place where you have such a deep, rich, connected relationship that you can have these hard conversations and you can recover and you can revisit it with a little bit of humor and you can offset that whole shame spiral and you become a family where you get to talk about anything and everything. So the first pillar I want to tell you guys about is what I call the Q-tip, quit taking it personally. So the truth of the matter is you only have control over your own thoughts and the meaning you give to your child's behavior. And so often we make our kids' behavior mean something that it just simply doesn't. Like they ignore us and we're like disrespectful. They ask for a gift at the store. We're like entitled. Like we make their behavior mean all kinds of things that it doesn't. You know, they ignore us. Well, guess what? It's not that they're being disrespectful. Maybe they were just immersed in a program. Maybe it's that kids live in the here and now, in the present moment, and they zone everything else out. And of course, they don't want to shift gears and put on their shoes and leave for school where they're going to have to sit for eight hours in a traditional classroom when they're meant to run and play and be curious about life. Like, Maybe they just are, you know, procrastinating leaving their comfort zone and their safe haven and living in this immediate moment and they've gotten real good at tuning everything out. 
And maybe we haven't gotten so good at establishing the set of rules and the morning structure, repeating it often in a super calm, cool way, not allowing it to escalate and creating a pattern of negativity where they really don't have, where we train them not to listen to us until we're screaming, right? Like maybe we could dig in and focus on what we could do differently to show up in a leadership way and and disrupt the current pattern and create a better one. So the only way we can do that is when we quit taking it personally, when we Q-tip, when we t- quit taking their behavior personally. Because when you, when you make something, when you make your child's behavior mean something about you, guess what? Every single time you're going to become triggered and then you're going to react aggressively rather than responding intentionally and effectively. So Q-tip is the first pillar. The second pillar is all behavior is communication. So a child that misbehaves is just trying to get a need met and lacks the appropriate skills to do so. When your kid shows negative behaviors, it's be, they're trying to communicate something to you. So when you Q-tip and you get curious about what this behavior means, before you just try to step in and control and shut it down and tell them, you will not speak to me that way, you get to find out what's really going on with them and help teach them the skills that are lacking to help them get their needs met and improve future behavior. So you got to see all behavior as a form of communication. Okay, the third pillar is positive reinforcement. Use lots of encouraging words because what you focus on grows. So when you focus on what it looks like to be a kind person, what it looks like to be a kind brother or a kind sister or to be helpful or to be responsible or to be part of the solution or to be hilarious and delicious and all the ways that they show up in life and you say, oh my gosh, I love how you did X, Y, and Z and you focus on the positive as much as possible, huh? You get more of that. So we live in a pretty negative culture and most of us have a subconscious programming where we have been taught to fo- it's so easy. You ask people, you know, we're taught to focus on all the things that are wrong. Like you ask somebody, well, what do you want? Well, I definitely don't want blah, blah, blah. And I don't like, th- like, it's so easy for us to point out all the things we don't want rather than just to focus on the things we do want. It takes practice to train yourself to start focusing on the positive, positive reinforcement in terms of encouraging words, not stuff not stuff. There's no bribing. The bribing, you're just going to shoot yourself in the foot. Don't bribe and do the rewards and the sticker chart BS. Positive reinforcement through words. A quick story. I had one of my mastermind moms say to me the other day that her mom said, I want you to ask Randy why I can't pay her grandson. um, Why I can't pay him for good grades? Ask her, ask her, ask her. And I just laughed and I said, I know it doesn't make sense to her. When the truth of the matter, all she has to do is say, you know, I know you are capable of so much and look at you. You've got, you know, you've got an incredible grade in art. You're an amazing artist. What do you love about art? When she positively reinforces through effective language and through effective praise, 
all the things that he is enjoying and excelling at, guess what? That's going to feel so amazing to him. He's going to want more of that. He's going to want more of that feeling of my chest is puffed out. Grandma sees me. She knows I put all this effort into that thing. It feels unbelievable when you work hard at something and then you get seen for it. You feel seen for it, you know, because you feel good already about it. And then you see that somebody else is affected by something that you've done and they're pointing it out. It, it just feels good. So positive reinforcement through encouraging words. I promise you guys, this is the long game. It is so much more effective than a short-term gain by, uh, you know, five or 10 bucks because the kid got an A. Okay. So the fourth pillar is what I call pack leadership. So when you lead your family team with firm, loving structures that you establish at a non-relevant time, right? Like you never want to tell them what the structures and the rules are in the heat of the moment. You want to establish it at a non-relevant time. Guess what? Kids feel safe in the world and they trust you. You're the pack leader. You know, this kind of ties into primal wiring, which is like, I, you know, here's the cave people, you know, that's in our brains, deeply embedded, what we call the lizard brain, the oldest part of our brains is that cave person mentality. And so the little tiny cave people, when they know that you're showing up from a place of leadership as the leader of the pack, they feel safe in the world. And then they trust you to help guide them when they make a mistake or they're lacking skills. So that firm, assertive, and loving pack leadership is a total game changer. I love to focus on that and I love to teach, especially women. Well, a lot of times men go to a super aggressive place and women typically start out as I call camp counselor mom, like, hey bud, huh? And you're and you're like, hey, time to get your shoes on, okay? And I mean, I've talked about this on the podcast and that's not pack leadership. Your kid's like, yeah, not okay. You, know, you have to learn how to say what you mean, mean what you say, and say it assertively as the pack leader. So the fifth pillar is all about choice. Offer two choices whenever possible to empower your kids and help with intrinsic motivation to help them. They get to make a choice. No one loves, no one wants to be controlled. Everyone wants a say in the matter. So anytime you possibly can, Offer your kids a choice. Find out which they would prefer. Let them be part of the solution. Let them feel like they're a valuable member of the family team and they get to feel that sense of accomplishment when they've made a choice and then they're, you know, they're part of deciding and then solving and they feel valuable. It helps for them to feel this kind of internal motivation that propels them forward where they want to continue and do more of that. And they're not looking for the prize. I mean, it's so easy for kids to, we accidentally kill this intrinsic motivation by by bribing and rewarding them. And they're like, well, what are you going to do? If, if I do that, what are you going to give me? Like that is a sign that you have literally killed your kid's intrinsic motivation. So you want to back it up and offer them choices and give them opportunities to be a, fam a valuable family uh, team member. Okay, so then 
what is this? Number six, positive intent. You want to assume the best in your children and remember all misbehaviors are a reflection of lacking skills to get their needs met. Okay. So you want to assume positive intent. When you see one kid whack the other kid over the head because they wanted that thing that they had, right? All you want to do is go in and tell them how, you know, how, how terrible they are for treating their brother like that. I get it. I get it. And when you handle it that way, you're going, what you focus on grows. You're just going to get more of that same behavior in the future. It doesn't work. So if we want to help them improve future behavior and actually learn, they got to believe that we believe in them. So when you approach it, when you train yourself to focus on positive intent and you approach it where you're like, hey, something's going on here. You wanted to turn with that thing. You forgot the words. So you conked your brother over the head. Not okay. You just forgot the words. Tell me, you know how to do this. You're a good guy. You know what to say. Tell me. Next time you want a turn, say, hey, can I have a turn now? Or when can I have a turn? Not okay. Hurting hands, not okay in this family, you know? And if it's an older kid, you're going to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, that's not you. You're such a, you know, you're such a, a protective, caring, loving big brother. Something must be going on. You know, did you have a hard day? Are you feeling like what's going on? I know for you to treat your sister like this, there's something else going on because this is not you. That's positive intent. That's saying, hey, you made a mistake, but I still think you're a good guy. Like you're this, this one mistake's not going to define you. And when you handle it in that way, you're not condoning the behavior. You're just basically saying, you made a mistake. I believe in you. Let's learn from this. How can I help? That's, that's what positive intent, um, that's what it accomplishes. It's, it's an awesome, awesome tool. Um, okay. And then the seventh is empathy, which I know you guys know I'm a big believer in seeing your child's perspective and actively listening to build connection and trust. So kids only learn and improve future behavior when there's connection and trust and all connection and trust comes from when you have truly empathized where they believe you get it, you see them, you value them, you're standing beside them, you're not lecturing and preaching. You're on their team. That's what empathy accomplishes. Super important. The last pillar is consequences. And guess what? Everybody wants to get to consequences first, right? Like everybody's like, okay, but what about the, what do you say? Call the timeout thing again? I'm like the calm down corner. They're like, well, how do you do that? I'm like, okay, you got to do all these other things before you get to the consequence because the point of a consequence is to teach so that kids can improve their behavior in the future and learn from their mistakes. So unless there's connection established first and the consequence is logical and related to the event, it's really just a fancy new age term for punishment. And it doesn't feel like a consequence to the kid. It feels like a punishment and kids 12 and under don't change future behavior based on punishment, based on punitive measures. And kids above 12, they may change future behavior, um, but 
they're, it's going to just cause a whole bunch of disconnection because everyone always hates their punisher. So if you want to raise kids that, you know, air quotes, do the right thing and follow all the rules and fear you like, you know, like crazy, um, you can get some short-term cooperation from from those fear tactics and those scare tactics. And you can look like a really good parent who's got these kids who are achieving and, and making you look like a really good parent on paper. They're getting into the college and you get to put the bumper sticker on your car. You get to put the post on Facebook and do all that awesome, humble bragging that makes everybody they, everybody clicks like and love, but really they're rolling their eyes and barfing in the back, back of their mouth. Yeah, you get to do all those things and you do it um, You do it to the detriment of your overall long-term relationship with your kid because no one likes the prison guard <laughs> or the warden. No one likes to feel controlled and punished. However, when you are the enforcer of the consequences, because all of these other things, you've Q-tipped, you've made sure not to make their behavior, you haven't taken their behavior personally, you realize every time they act out, it's a form of communication. You get curious. You use loads of positive reinforcement to focus on the behaviors you do want and help create patterns in your family where everyone knows exactly what's expected of them and it's reinforced with great kudos and you show up from a place of pack leadership where your kids feel confident and safe in the world and you're giving them choices and empowering them. You're using positive intent, letting them know, I believe in you. I know you made a mistake and I still think you're a good guy. And you're sitting beside them in the mud when they have a crappy moment by using a bunch of empathy or coming back after you guys have had a disagreement and recovering by using the productive conversation, which is about infusing empathy. And then you get to consequences. And then you get to the place of there was a mistake that was made. And we got to figure out how to repair it here. And we want to, you know, sometimes it's a natural consequence. And sometimes it's a consequence that you really have to enforce. And you have to say something like what I say to my kids is like, this was kind of a big deal. And we're going to have to figure out like, what the consequence is because it needs to, this has to make a big impression in your brain because that way you'll remember next time what you learned this time. So we have to make sure it makes a big impression in your brain. Does that make sense? And I'm forced consequences. Look, they still roll their eyes. They still are like, whatever, fine. But it does make a big impression because I've done all the other things ahead of time and they know they know that I'm on their team. So these are the foundational mastermind parenting pillars. And, um, and I just wanted to share them with you guys because obviously they've been a major game changer in my life and, you know, all the parents that I've taught them to. And, uh, and I just wanted to share them with you, my podcast listeners. So Hope that was helpful and until next week, bye-bye. 
Hey, podcast listeners, if you identify with having a strong-willed kid and you're ready to start taking action because enough is enough, it's enough walking around on eggshells constantly and getting all those mumbled one-word answers based on their irritable mood every day in the car after school, go ahead and download the free resource that I made for you to start taking action immediately and creating a happier household. It's mastermindparenting.com forward slash free guide to start taking action today.